right, Bitcoin accumulation country. My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We're in season three, and this is episode nine. I've got a really interesting conversation. I got to sit down with Dergigi once again. For those of you who don't know who Dergigi is, uh, he's the author of The 21 Lessons and quite a few other Bitcoin-related articles uh, that really make you think. You definitely want to check out 21lessons.com to go check out his work. Um, I actually did a podcast with him last year discussing the 21 Lessons, and Brady uh, from Citizen Bitcoin um, went through it at length, every single lesson in his podcast. So anyways, I'm going to put that in the show notes for those of you who uh, either weren't around or didn't catch uh, either of those interviews. Um, Mine's slightly different than Brady's. Brady's is actually going over the 21 Lessons in depth with Gigi, whereas mine is just more of like a surface kind of conversation and his rabbit hole story and you know, so you get uh, some different perspectives. Anyways, anyways, this episode, um, Dergigi and I sat down to talk about shitcoins and more specifically to talk about kind of the mental traps that get people stuck in them. Anyways, this podcast is about an hour and a half long. I do apologize. My dogs end up barking at some point. Um, anyways, so look, strap in. Um, guys are in for uh, quite a treat. So here we go. Here's my conversation with Gigi. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. Um, I've got the uh, the author of 21 Lessons, uh, Dur Gigi, with me. And uh, I've actually spoken with him before on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. But uh, yesterday, we uh, kind of caught each other on a thread uh, about shitcoining on Twitter. And we just started going back and forth and talking and, you know, just decided, hey, you know what, maybe maybe it'd be good to uh, to have a nice little chat about, you know, some of the uh, some of the shitcoining adventures and, you know, how you and, you know, how we end up in, uh, I guess, in Bitcoin maximalism country. And maybe who knows, maybe this will help some people because there, there's a there's a lot of stuff. So I'm going to stop rambling. Gigi, <laughs> thank you very much, man. Hey man, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Um, this, this will be fun for sure, and <laughs> I can't wait, you know, for the the Twitter conversations uh, after this recording because it's a kind of an explosive topic sometimes. It is. It is. You know, it's like um, you know, we we often as uh, you know, quote unquote. Uh, I, I I'm I'm just going to call myself a Bitcoin remnant, uh, which I got from uh, Francis Puglio. Um, But, you know, ever since we became, you know, like remnants or toxic maximalists, it seems that, you know, people think that we're we're just a bunch of assholes, you know, screaming, you know, screaming that everything is a scam. And, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, by the way, I I absolutely loved the episode you did with Francis and it, it, it moved me a lot actually like it, it's it's a very important episode and i think um everyone who um can kind of identify with bitcoin maximalism and went through a, a similar journey should check out this episode and um it's also very helpful to have a name to this phenomenon like um not trying to convert the masses but preaching to the remnant so to speak and it's it's very useful um um, to have that, at least it was for me, because I always felt intuitively that's what I have to do. And um, and now this phenomenon has a name in my head as well. I, I was not familiar with um, the remnant before. So that's that was a, a great episode. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, th- you know what? I th- it was it was awesome. And and see, so Francis was one of those people I was kind of intimidated and afraid to interview for a while. 
because <laughs> because I, I felt that like you know it I, I just maybe wasn't you know I didn't have all my information right and all my facts right and then and it was great because he just like he said it was a sermon I mean I I started <laughs> with him and he was just like. You know, he just laid it all out. Um, now, let me ask you this. So I'm guessing, did you end up reading Isaiah's job? I did. Or yeah. I should say listening to it because it was also in audiobook format. <laughs> yeah, I, I read it actually. And um, I can highly recommend uh, to all the Bitcoiners to read it. And if, if you don't understand it or don't identify with it, so be it. But yeah, it, it spoke to me very deeply. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. <laughs> goosebumps, man. It actually yeah. gave me goosebumps. I, I really, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It totally struck a chord. And uh, yeah, so to, to be clear in a way, um, I, I self-identify as well as a Bitcoin maximalist, but as many people say, it's, uh, you know, it's descriptive, not prescriptive. So um, it's a point where I arrived at after, um, yeah, after years of painful shitcoinery and not really understanding what Bitcoin is about. So um, for those who, who don't know, I come from the technology world and I studied computer science. And so my first contact with Bitcoin was um, quite early, actually. I needed multiple touch points. So I had some friends that were into Bitcoin really early, but it didn't like it didn't click for me at all. I, I needed to be forced almost into Bitcoin. <laughs> and I I had like, I think three or four touch points over multiple years until um, I fell down the rabbit hole. And uh, I think um, the first touch point was in 2014. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to actually uh, find it interesting enough, but not taking it seriously. I think uh, my first uh, bigger purchase was in 2015. And so doxing myself right there a little bit <laughs> in, in terms of holdings, but you know, <laughs> many boating accidents since then. Oh, of course. A lot of shit coinery. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not one of the whales, that's for sure. Um, and uh, so I, I get a lot of, sh a lot of shit from, from people in terms of being a toxic maximalist. And I would like to address all of this because a lot of people come to me and uh, and say, I have no idea about any other projects. And there are so many other interesting projects and I shouldn't dismiss anything out of hand. And I just want to make crystal clear that this was my state for many years. I didn't dismiss anything out of hand. I read all the white papers. I tried to run all the software. I looked into <laughs> so much. You have no idea. Like you have no idea what kind of stuff I actually looked into. And I agree that there are you know, there are some interesting ideas and some interesting thoughts, but what most people don't understand is none of those projects need a token or need um, to reinvent money for them to work. And um, that's what I think a lot of people just don't get it at all. Yeah, I, you know what, I, I definitely, um, I, I definitely agree. And okay, so I want to go back to something that so because you, you have a technology background, I have a technology background. And, and one of the points that uh, that that um, that I wrote down was, you know, the the better than Bitcoin technology trap. Right. Like when, <laughs> yeah. when you when you start off and you you kind of like you're not really paying attention to the sound money aspect. You're looking at Bitcoin as a, a value transfer technology or as a technology to transfer funds from A to B or whatever it is, you know, whatever kind of like high level misconception you have. These other shit coins, they because you're looking at Bitcoin, let's say, or incorrectly, 
these other shit coins seem to have a valid use case because you understand the technology. And to your point, I did the same thing. I came in, you came in in 2015. I came in in late 2016. Um, my first Bitcoin exposure was the Bitcoin price was around $400. Um, and I started reading all kinds of white papers for all the different types of shit coins you can think of, you know, like Telcoin, Komodo, um, uh, was it First Blood, XVG? I mean, man, I all this garbage. And to me, they all seemed like they were valid ideas. Why wouldn't I have a token for the game and a privacy token and a dental token and a token <laughs> and a token for dusting diamonds and another token for cars? It all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it makes sense if you have no no idea uh, what money is uh, exactly about monetary <laughs> economics and uh, i can't remember who's, who said it actually it was uh, a very prominent bitcoiner who, who said that you know bitcoin is money and uh, shitcoinery is uh, just barter like if you if you would actually for every different transaction or every different um area of um commerce have a different token or every single shop would have a different token that's also something that drives me mad because Andreas is talking about that uh, and he really bought into this um, like multi-token economy. Uh, it's it's basically um, a situation where the whole economy reverts to a barter state and that's just not useful at all. And the, the great thing about money is that it, it automatically, um, it yeah, it kind of arrives at one thing that you use for money and it helps to do your economic calculations and it helps to um, just solve all the problems you run into when you are in a barter economy and most shitcoiners just don't realize that that would be the case if you would have a separate token for everything you're trying to do oh yeah it it, it just it makes no sense i once actually started writing it down right like, let's say you had to do all this and you had to sit there and constantly. So, you know, one type of industry would accept one type of coin. But why would they do that? You know, like, so, you know what, like talking about shit coins, right? I find like XRP is like one of those traditional ones where everybody think or I shouldn't say everybody, but all these shit coiners, you know, the XRP army, they're, they're like, you know, the banks are going to use this. So it's going to be huge. So, so I, I, I want to understand something. So a bank transfers value from bank A to point B using this specific type of quote-unquote token how does that help you as a as a person buying food at the store or storing value uh let's say you know even even like you know even like today people traditionally store value in in stocks or you know gold you know or in bitcoin like we do like why i don't understand like why does that affect me that the bank is choosing like when do i use the swift network you know what i mean <laughs> well, like yeah <laughs> the thing is, what what I think what many people really uh, don't understand at all, and uh, what Francis touched on as well, is that money uh, it fulfills a very specific role. It's it's a different good from other go goods and services, and that's also why I believe that monetary maximalism happened in the past and is a, a natural, valid stance to have. And, and the reason is that all monies are in competition with each other. And Francis pointed that out uh, very nicely by mentioning that every Forex trade is 
like no single there is not one forex trade that was a win-win trade you know if you, if you trade something that you want to have <laughs> it's you, true like most trades are are uh, a win-win situation someone uh likes to get rid of something someone else wants to have it and uh the person who who sells the good gets money and can use it for something else and just money trades are never win-win and that's also why especially like in general everything fights for liquidity like if you if you look at the world economy and and uh, goods in general um that's why you know people are also uh diversifying in old cars and rolexes and real estate and, and so on it's um it's it's all used as a store of value so it it even applies outside of the realm of, of monies but then you come back to what exactly is money and once you realize that money is just the one good that has the, the best uh, monetary properties and the most liquidity then you, you kind of start to to understand that uh, like um, some phenomena for example why in prisons um, uh, cigarettes are used as money you know it, it, it's just it's the best thing that fulfills the role of money in this particular situation and so tr trading money is a zero-sum game essentially and thus dealing in altcoins is also a zero-sum game even if you if you try to trade altcoins like a lot of people they justify shitcoinery by um just saying yeah they just want to acquire more bitcoin and i'm all for <laughs> acquiring more bitcoin but still the the um the activity of trading altcoins is just in it not a non-productive activity in a way it's it's you know it's a zero-sum game in the end so you know what talking about trading um i let me ask you this did you or i should say when did you realize like i, I don't know about you but it, it didn't take me very long to to realize that sats were were what mattered and not <laughs> and not my local currency so th this does have to do with shitcoining because a lot of shitcoiners the idea is that they they cash out into their local currency, right? So what yeah. they what they don't realize is is that they buy a shitcoin that is not actually valued against their local currency. It is valued against Bitcoin. It's valued in satoshis. So the Bitcoin price, let's say, goes up. Their sat value compresses because the the shitcoin isn't worth any more. So what usually what you end up seeing, and this is why it's so funny when you see like these shitcoiners are like, oh my god, Bitcoin went up and my shitcoin tanked. Like, I don't understand why the chart's down. It's like, do you really not understand that? Yeah, I think it, it um, like there, there are multiple phases uh, that you go through. And I think the first phase is just uh, trying to get rich quick and maximizing your dollar holdings or your euro holdings or your yen holdings or whatever your local currency is. And so, um, the, yeah, I think the, the first use case for everyone um, getting into Bitcoin or getting into cryptocurrencies, let's say, is um, speculation and trying to maximize your fiat value. But um, you said the shift for you happened relatively quickly. For me, it, yeah. it, it took a little while. Um, so I'm not sure probably took maybe like two years or something um the, the, i think the main reason is that i never really cared about money like money is not my main motivation at all I, I i don't give a fuck about money to be honest and i never did um i mean that changed of course obviously i learned a lot of uh, about money and i uh take my personal finances way more seriously now but 
uh, I I was just you know you know the meme like in it for the technology yeah that was me <laughs> <laughs> but without the gold <laughs> and um, so I I was just into the technical aspects of um, of all of this and trying to wrap my head around uh, the um, the aspect of like what the programmable money could do and what this new um, this new network, this new peer-to-peer -peer network could achieve and how you could use it uh, technologically and how you could build apps on top of it and stuff like that. And so it, it, I think that's the reason why it took me so long. Like it, it, it took me quite a while to, um, to understand that it, this is a game of accumulation and um, it, it really is about just the, the number of Satoshis you have and nothing else. Like it sets the standard. And once you realize that everything else, that's why I also say uh, fiat is that to me, you know, I, I will, I will never um, <laughs> revert to the fiat economy. I will not sell out, you know, that's, it, it makes no sense at all. And um, I, I think that the, the, the first phase, as I said, is uh, people want to get rich quickly. Next phase might be, okay, I missed the boat on Bitcoin, so I'm buying shitcoin X and it might be the next Bitcoin or perform better or what, whatever. What they don't realize is that relative to Bitcoin, everything is, is losing. It's just it's just the way it is. Like like it's if, if you if you find any shitcoin and you buy low in BTC terms and sell it in in BTC terms as well and you win in terms of sets. That's like a lottery ticket. Like it doesn't exist. If you just look at the charts and the past performance of shitcoins, it's 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 dismal. Like all the shitcoins are down, like 99% in BTC terms, and this will continue to happen. And there there are very deep reasons why this is true. <laughs> like you just have to take my word for it. But it it seems that everyone, um, especially if you have no idea about markets uh, economics and monetary economics, you have no idea what you're doing, and you think you're smart, and you think you're like this will be the next bitcoin and it will perform as well and you're just um uh yeah eyeing your dollar gains but you will just get burned and wrecked like everyone else and also in terms of trading that's why i'm a big believer in in not trading you have no idea what you're up against in terms of trading you know like there there's like the one top top one percent or maybe even like one tenth of one percent of traders that actually make a profit and they're doing it full time and they have all, all the tools that exist in the world to help them. And you will not outperform those, those traders at all. And again, like it's, I think it's way, way smarter to just produce value and, and, uh, get getting paid for the value you produce and just start saving in sets and not bother with trading at all because trading again is a zero sum game. That's how I see it. So I don't know about you, but when I was trading, um, and it, and to your point, I, I was in it mostly for the tech. But when I saw that I could also possibly capitalize on it, I I went and fell down that rabbit hole. Um, but um, ah, oh, damn, I forgot. <laughs> lost I'm so the train of thought. I lost the train of thought. Damn no it. Worries. <laughs> I mean, the thing is Sorry. that the, no worries. Um, the thing is that I, uh, I of course know that um, it's it's very tempting as well to um, go into Bitcoin for purely for personal gains. And I'm not saying that's wrong at all. Like everyone is in it for personal gains as well. But it's it's kind of a, um, it's it's a bit of a, 
um, not uh, contradiction is the wrong word, but hmm. uh, I think I think most Bitcoiners, the like most most toxic maximalists, they're they're not necessarily in it for the gains. You know, I think most people that that actually can um, deal with the space <laughs> because it, it it's it's really um, it's it's not that easy mentally to um, write the volatility oh. and uh, deal with the toxicity and everything else. So I think most people that are in it, they are really in it to build a new economy and uh, fix the problems of the fiat system. If you're getting rich in the process, all the better, you know, but I think most people, um, yeah, they, they're not in it for, for, for the gains per se. Now I remember what I wanted to say. It had to do with your point about um, building value and bringing value. Okay. Um, so when I was sitting there, you know, trading shit coins, I would pretty much spend like um, 18 hours a day, um, sitting there constantly watching charts, um, constantly refreshing block folio. Okay. Constantly trying to, you know what I mean? It's like one day you'd be up and you're like, all right, I'm up in BTC. And then the next day you're like down way more than you were up the day before, you know? And then, so then you go and you try to find the next shit coin that, that, you know, that, that is pumping. And I kid you not, I can't tell you how many people sit there and buy the tops and sell the bottoms. Because, because the next, the next shit coin always looks like that, you know, like it, it's, oh, this is the one, you know, like this is the one that, that is going to be as big as Bitcoin, you know, and, and then you yeah, sit there I, and you I, buy the freaking top. I mean, I think that's just, you know, that's just uh, human psychology. That's just yeah, people FOMO in and then they, they panic sell when it, when it's going down again. It's oh yeah. Just, yeah. That's how, that's how it works. But um, what I would love to talk about as well is just the. Uh, the different biases that people have that yes. uh, are new to the space and that that might just be helpful um and maybe some people that get in with the next wave will find this episode and listen to it or uh, just just i want people to be aware that these biases exist and they are real and they are really um, dangerous in that way that a lot of people um they get into shit coinery because of these biases and i think that the biggest one is unit bias yes. it's just uh, I can't afford the whole Bitcoin, you know. <laughs> yes. And it's just you know, I I, I miss the boat uh, that because uh, you you kind of have to buy one Bitcoin. What's the use of zero point zero 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 or something Bitcoin? That's you know, it's uh, that's not worth anything. I I need like one whole coin, and so I might be better off buying shitcoin X Y Z because I can buy a hundred of those with the same money or whatever. And also with with missing the, the boat, it's it's um, what I would like to call it the timing bias. You know, like everyone thinks uh, he's too late. Like everyone thinks <laughs> that, that they missed the boat. Were you too late? <laughs> Were you too late? We, I was. I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, because we all have know. timing bias. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. I I, I was too late at 400. But it, but yeah. the OGs that that bought at like one dollar or, or or below a dollar, they thought they missed the boat. You That's know, there right. Are people, there there are people that say like I missed the boat because now it's twenty cents. And it went up from, you know, like one cent to 20 cents. And that's 20x and no asset will ever do 20x again. So I missed the boat, you know. <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, you can look it up, you know, like Bitcoin talk is full of those people. And they're like, this is a known fact. And there are many uh, people that were way early that everyone thinks they missed the boat. Just be aware of it. And, and um, once you realize that... Uh, I mean, I'm convinced that the cycles will continue as they have. I think just Bitcoin is 
set up to pump forever. I will quote Matt Odell quite a bit in this episode. <laughs> I think he's just spot on uh, with those things. Uh, I, I, I also think that Bitcoin is designed to pump forever and it will just, um, yeah, follow the step function as we have seen. You know, it's like an order of magnitude step function. So you're not too late. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't think that there is such a thing as being too late <laughs> um, the, because uh, if we're right then everyone will use Bitcoin uh, one way or the other at one point in time and you will just uh, find your way into Bitcoin um, yeah whenever you're ready for it that's that's how I, I, I think about it I think we're all early and I think for the next 10 years or so everyone will still be kind of early that's just how this works and it uh, just be aware that everyone thinks that so if you hear that <laughs> you're not too late I, i'm telling you that <laughs> exactly okay so we've got unit bias we've got timing bias yeah i uh, i have a couple more yeah i think there's also there's also the stuff you mentioned with the old technology so a bias that bitcoin is old technology yes that it's outdated and it's not developed anymore and it's not moving forward and so on and uh, I think a lot of people um, got tricked into uh, Ethereum because of that, because it, Ethereum marketed itself as Bitcoin 2.0 pretty much for the longest time. And then it marketed itself as an unstoppable world computer. And then it marketed itself as a smart contract platform. And all of those are lies in a way, you know, it, it's debatable if the people that are telling those lies um, know that they are lies. <laughs> you know, it's very easy to fool yourself as well and believe that as well. Um, but the thing is that um, uh, it's it's complicated to understand in a way. But um, all the design decisions in Bitcoin, they're trade-offs. And every system that, that works like Bitcoin, it needs to make the same um, decisions in, in uh, like it, it, it needs to make the same trade-offs. And for, uh, just to pick out one example, a lot of people complained that Bitcoin isn't flexible enough because it's not Turing complete. And uh, you like you heard <laughs> this word throwing like this word was thrown around so much that you know it's not Turing complete and we need something that's Turing complete and so on. And uh, I, I I think that uh, in the next wave we will hear we will hear similar arguments. Just be aware that all of that is bullshit. And the reasons why it's bullshit, they're kind of complicated. Like it's uh, I I can't explain it in in a couple of sentences, but the beauty and the benefit of Bitcoin and of sound money is that it, it has to be simple in a way. It has to be stable in a way from a technical perspective, you know, like the move fast and break things mantra, it, it doesn't work for money. It's, no. It, and it shouldn't work for money. You know, gold is money because it, it just doesn't integrate. You can't, you can't destroy gold. So it's, it's a very um, chemically simple metal. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't react with other things. And that's why it's really good money. <laughs> and, and Bitcoin, in, in a way, is, is, is very similar to that uh, from, from a um, technological standpoint. Um, even though, take that with a grain of salt, because Bitcoin is evolving all the time. And uh, if you look at the code, for example, like uh, it's, it's similar to a human body that regenerates its, its cells, you know, like no line in bitcoin like the code lines the version 0.1 which was the first one uh, it, it has nothing to do with the current bitcoin version so it regenerated itself multiple times over and there is like no part of the whole bitcoin organism i like to think of this thing as an organism 
and is as it was in the beginning but it's still you know it's still the same system and it still has the, the same soul so to speak and i i can't i can't you know like the reasons for all that are kind of difficult to grasp and explain <laughs> yeah so that's the, the the biological metaphors that are the best i can do i i like to so turing complete right um to to try to you know to try to make it i guess to try to make it simple it, it's it's like think of it like this they don't they don't stop you from shooting yourself okay <laughs> whereas whereas in bitcoin um it, it's it, it is it is the you know it is the money of enemies it is meant to do one thing which is be able to transmit value um in a censorship resistant environment in a very difficult environment whereas unfortunately the other situation is 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 soft and lofty and can break and you can end up with terrible consequences as yeah, we've as we've seen it's <laughs> one way to to think about it um yeah i i don't necessarily want to dig deeper into that one no no it's it okay opens, it opens a whole different can of worms yes it does um, uh, <laughs> because Turing complete, completeness, for example, comes with its own set of problems and you run into the halting problem and other things. And uh, that's why Ethereum had to introduce gas, for example, so you can run out of gas and the contract can stop and stuff like that. So it's uh, just be aware that um, all, all of that is is mostly techno babble. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, no, you're right. I know you're absolutely <laughs> right. It, it, it's insane, especially speaking as, as someone who kind of has uh, yeah a, a, a background average, in this <laughs> <laughs> better than average understanding of technology and computers and computer science and mathematics and stuff like that it's it's like 99.9 percent .9 techno bubble it's it's nothing else so just don't don't trust anyone who says that uh, they have a bitcoin 2.0 that's that's just not what what this is about and speaking of 2.0 i think another thing that we should mention because I've, i saw it uh, during the mania as well uh, in like you know uh, shit, shitcoin propaganda yeah is version bias that you know like Oh, Bitcoin doesn't even have like version 1.0 because we now, what are we at? The version 0.19, I think. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin Core 0.19. And uh, people will harp on that as well and, you know, point to the software that Bitcoin uses and point out that, uh, yeah, Bitcoin Core is version 0. Point something and Lightning LND is like version 0. 0.9 and so on. All of, all of that doesn't matter. I just wanted to mention it because I, I saw it. Um, yeah, as I said, some, some shitcoiners use that as a propaganda against Bitcoin. That's obviously like bullshit. Which I totally don't understand. I mean, all, all it does is suggest that Bitcoin is in its infancy. That, that's all it suggests. All it does is help reinforce the idea that we're early. Yeah. So so like, again, you know, it's like these people are going and building. They're, they're trying to build. It's you know what? It's like they're trying to build the plane in the sky. You know what I mean? It's it's already <laughs> yeah. in the sky. It's like Bitcoin is actually building on the ground and building the base layer. These guys are up in the plane. It's already flying. They're like, all right, let's put together the wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I also heard the metaphor of like building skyscrapers on top of skyscrapers. Yeah. Uh, skyscrapers <laughs> and. Um, I think that the version thing it reflects um, the the caution of the Bitcoin developers as well. Like every everyone who works on Bitcoin Core, they they know what they are doing first of all, and second of all, they're very cautious and very um, conservative in in their approaches. And and that's also how it should be. I mean, um, uh, this network it handles a lot of value and it's growing by the day. And so um, you better be conservative and not break things and not 
um, like give fa false impressions in terms of you know uh, also version numbers or stuff like that. And um, yeah, I I think another an, another um, bias or another misconception uh, is in relation to fees and cost and speed. <laughs> so uh, that's that was um, yeah. <laughs> that was the main argument of using other 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 shitcoins and other networks because Bitcoin transactions are just too expensive and I'd rather use shitcoin X because it's cheap or even free and so on. And the thing is, again, it, it, it goes back to trade-offs and it also goes back to understanding how these, system work, uh, how these systems work. And you will never have free transactions that's just a given like if if your understanding is deep enough that's that's just something you can be sure of that no no transaction in those kind of um environments like in radically decentralized environments will ever be free and i highly recommend a piece by nick carter who talks about settlement assurances i think it's called um it's the settlement assurances stupid and it tries to compare different blockchains in terms of uh, when transactions are actually settled. And I uh, I think that was just a, an early misunderstanding of Bitcoin that we had a narrative of free transactions or like ultra cheap transactions. And uh, I think we should be always cautious of talking about free because uh, I see it repeated now for the Lightning Network, uh, for example. Uh, I mean, now the routing fees are uh, almost like non-existent, you know, sub-satoshi <laughs> routing fees. And uh, it, it all, you know, um, it all depends on network usage and uh, how this thing will grow, because it's not a given that it will stay this way. In the end, it's, it's a fee market and the market will decide um, how much each settlement is worth. I totally agree. And that's actually, um, that's a point I make a lot about that people are right now underestimating the fee market that will exist on Lightning. Like right now, we don't have L2 built in. There's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of really, really great tech like L2 and Watchtowers that's going to be going into this and it's going to expand the capability of Lightning Network. Okay, and, and I think that people are really, really misunderstanding the amount of fees. Um, and actually, you know what? This brings up a good point, right? Um, the, 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 uh, the bullshit argument um, that the Lightning Network will remove, um, uh, will remove value from the base chain. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, that, that, is completely, that, that is completely retarded, okay? <laughs> because it runs on top of it. So when these channels open and close, okay, that this is the, the BS that noobs will often hear, okay, that, uh, that Lightning will take away the value from the Bitcoin network. When channels open and close, the funds are, are coming out of the base layer and going into the base layer. <laughs> it, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, so. I think that's that's just one uh, further misconception, and I, I think it will be obvious in hindsight that that's simply not true. And I think everyone who experimented with Lightning will tell you. Like, uh, I set up a, a couple of Lightning nodes and I played around with it a little bit. I, uh, I I would love to invest way more time in it, but you know, uh, just so many blocks in a day, <laughs> can't do everything <laughs> at once. But I made more Bitcoin transactions since I started to play around with Lightning than I ever did before, I think. Bingo. It's, it's kind of insane. And I think once um, 
more abstraction uh, abstraction will happen and I, I i think everyone who is uh following the development of lightning and, and bitcoin for that matter knows that all of this is coming you know we have uh, we already have stuff in development like loop in and loop out and circular channel rebalancing and uh autopilot projects that abstract that away and the lightning nodes of the future and also the wallets of the flu of the future they will all do all of that automatically just like uh, on the internet so much stuff is done automatically and you had to do that uh, manually previously just think of uh, encryption you know like not too long ago you, if you wanted to have any encrypted communication you just had to do everything manually and you had to do key exchanges manually and you had to meet up to <laughs> to actually uh, exchange your keys and and verify stuff at, at uh, those key exchange parties and stuff like that and you had to do the encryption manually or use very special programs and now it's just per default and you know whatsapp does it for you signal does it for you telegram does it for you and i i see just the same development happening uh for lightning and bitcoin and also in the privacy realm for that matter and i think all of that will just be abstracted away by technological progress yeah i i definitely uh you know, obviously we uh, we see eye to eye on this. Um, it's it's just look, it's the user experience, right? What you're describing, okay, is the reduction of friction in in the use, and as that as that friction continues to reduce, because that that is actually what Bitcoin does as well, right? I mean, let, let, let's be, you know, if we go back to the original uses of, of Bitcoin, right, there's there's multiple different uses. But one of the things that it really helped was reduce friction in difficult transactions. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And and that that's exactly, you know, what what people look for. Like, you know, if if we were still stuck using computers the way we use them in the 1980s, it, it would suck, you know, yeah. like it, and, and it did suck. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, people people have no idea how much it sucked. It's it's so sucked. And don't get me wrong. Like it was super cool back then. Like, trust me, like I see kids today in the remote control cars and all the toys they have like our toys sucked. Okay, like you had these remote control cars with like a, a, a 10 foot little wire stuck to it. It like barely moved, you know, you had to put like eight AA batteries and it worked for like a half an hour, you know, like and, and, and you would never think that today, like you would never sit there and be like, you know what, there'll never be a robot that just runs around and, you know, mows your lawn or cleans up your house. But it's the same type of thing with with Bitcoin, right? People look at it today and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the fees. Oh, it's it's slow. It's this and that. It, yeah, that that's perfectly fine. It, it's an infant that is growing into its environment and yeah <laughs> and it's Absolutely. you know and it, it's anti-fragile it, it thrives on the diversity you know like uh, to quote taleb you know for the uh, for the anti-fragility aspect yeah absolutely and i i think all, all of those things are just um a lack of vision by some shit coiners, coiners I, I think, um, because um, for, for whatever reason, people don't realize, just as you said, you know, in the 80s, just if you if you had to build a computer or set up one of the very early networks, uh, people have no idea how difficult it was. Oh, and my how, God. How much uh, stuff uh, you had to think about, you know, I mean, if, if you uh, put new hardware in, into your computer, you had uh conflicting um irqs, IRQs for example <laughs> and stuff like that like like this 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 shit is non-existent anymore and people just don't know or setting up a, a network everything is plug and play now and it will be the same um for you know lightning for example uh, i'm i'm quite sure about that and uh, even if it's not on the second layer then it will be on the third it, it doesn't really matter and this brings me this brings me back to one point um uh, that i really want to hit on which is 
the blockchain, not Bitcoin crowd. And I think everyone oh, in the space <laughs> kind of knows now that it's Bitcoin and not blockchain. And I'm afraid that this will pop up again with the next cycle, that people really think the, the blockchain technology, whatever that means, is useful and interesting, and Bitcoin isn't. And it's it's exactly the, the other way around. You know, the only thing that's really useful, um, the only thing that's really interesting is Bitcoin. And uh, the second and third order effects of having Bitcoin as uh, the sound money of the world. Bitcoin uses a very special database to achieve its goals, to achieve its decentralization goals, because it's it's all about the decentralization that's even though i hate the word and it's a buzzword just like blockchain is it's really true like the whole design of bitcoin it all it, all the design decisions have decentralization in mind and this is this continues to be true for core developers and uh, for example andreas talks a lot about the um, five pillars of open blockchains um, i'm not sure if i can list them on top of my head but it's a neutral open uh, borderless, um, help me out. <laughs> I would have to look. I'm up. looking, I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you, you might hear, you know, the, the five pillars of, of open blockchains and all of those five pillars, the reason for those five pillars is just radical decentralization. And the thing is that, um, uh, okay, I got him. Is, <laughs> hit me. You, you listen. Please. Okay. I got him. Okay. So pillar one is open. Uh, pillar two is borderless. Pillar three is neutral. Pillar four is censorship resistant. And pillar five is public. Exactly. <laughs> and um, the, all of these pillars, they are a given if your thing is built for survival and radical decentralization. Because if, if, any, like if the system would be closed, if you die or the company dies that develops it, nobody could continue to work on it, for example. Um, <laughs> you know, like if, if I think about it this way, that everything Bitcoin does is uh, uh, it does in terms of survival. And uh, part of this survival is having no head that you can cut off. And so radical decentralization is all what what's it. Uh, it's, it's, it's the main goal. It's what's it about but that doesn't mean that your decentralized project necessarily needs a blockchain and i'm like it drives me insane when people talk about it we have other decentralized things that work really well that don't have a blockchain and don't have a token the internet is one example BitTorrent is another example even though it has a token now but that's shit coinery that's bit yeah. BitTorrent works perfectly well without a token and it will continue to work perfectly well without a token ipfs would be another more modern example also a lot of shitcoinery going on with Filecoin, so don't buy into that. Uh, but it is, from the technical perspective, a very nice system um, that builds a decentralized file system. The only thing it has is um, an incentive problem. Git, for example, like uh, Git of GitHub fame, most people know it because of GitHub, but Git is a decentralized source control system. Extremely decentralized, works extremely well. <laughs> no need for a token, no need for a blockchain. So don't buy into this blockchain bullshit. It's just a buzzword and it's it's just a, a very particular component of the Bitcoin organism that it uses to, to store its data. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's it's complicated. I don't I don't want to say um, anything that's that's wrong because <laughs> it's well, you know, everything in Bitcoin is intertwined. So it's it's kind of hard to, to single out the things. Uh, Bitcoin True. wouldn't work without a blockchain. But no, I, 
in, in, in my opinion, no other project <laughs> needs a blockchain. And even if you think you need for an incentive layer, for example, a token, you can just use sets, you know, make sets the standard, build a sidechain if you have to. Just if you need a, a monetary incentive in your decentralized system, you can use Bitcoin for that. That's the beauty of it. That's, you know, that's that's using money for it. That, that, that's the point of it. You know, it's one of the points of it is is to use it that way. Like every single thing I see where people, you know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Larimer, you know, total, you know, obviously complete shit coiner with yeah. uh, Steemit and uh, EOS. Serial, serial shit coiner. Serial shit coiner. Okay. Like, okay. So, so you make a, you know, so you make a, a project where people are writing articles and you can upvote and you can pay them. Why can't you just pay them in lightning? I, I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's like, there's no, there's no reason why they went and chose the only reason, let's be honest. The only reason they went and chose a token is to specifically enrich themselves and separate unsuspecting noobs from their Bitcoin. Because you, you'll, exactly. you'll notice when you're buying shit coins, what are you giving them? You're giving them bit, <laughs> you're giving them Bitcoin. They're, 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 they're giving you like, they're giving you hopes and dreams. They're taking your Bitcoin and they're giving you this illiquid idea <laughs> that is somehow going to become valuable if all the stars align. Yeah, and a couple <laughs> of months later or a couple of years later, they will sell out and crush your hopes and dreams. That's just, you know, that, that's what always happened. And also uh, what might be worth mm. mentioning is um, that there is just no way of uh, repeating the immaculate conception of yes I, I, that's that's something that's, that's kind of hard to understand yes <laughs> it took a long time for me also to understand and uh, thanks and a huge shout out to marty for talking about it all the time in the early days of dftc agreed uh, because he he really drove home the point and uh there are just now um too many people trying to get in and front run so to speak a new system and um, it's also that uh, Bitcoin grew organically and is still growing organically without any pre-mine, without anything else of that, uh, yeah, bullshit. And uh, what most people don't know that is that <laughs> pretty much every shitcoin is pre-mined or, or something that approximates a pre-mine, you know, like... Or uh, founder's rewards. Yeah, founder, founder's rewards, stuff like that. And just uh, the incentives are misaligned. And what, what I'm always surprised when I talk to people about shitcoins, which I normally don't do because it's just I, I have way better things to do with my time. But a lot of people just don't realize that Ethereum had a 70% pre-mine, 70% of the supply. And so if you were buying into Ethereum and if you're also buying into, uh, oh, that's another rabbit hole. If you're buying uh, into the transition to proof of stake or something like that, oh, just God. know that's that's seventy percent of all ETH and and this. I mean, just <laughs> if you know anything about this space, a lot of um, other coins also are anchored in ETH, so to speak. Seventy um, percent of all ETH is held by a very small group of people. So just just be aware of that. That's right. You know, that, that, that is exactly right. And it's, it gets really scary because people don't really pay attention to this. And I, you know what? I want to go back to your point about the immaculate conception, okay? Mm -hmm. Because there, there's, there's some people who really don't like that idea, but people don't realize how central it is, not just to Bitcoin, okay? Mm -hmm. But we're talking about, like, human archetypes, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, people, just people in general, right? 
Um, you know, let, let's look at Christianity, for example. The, the, there's the same exact idea of the Immaculate Conception. You know, there's if you look at if you look at many if you look at many religions, you know, um, it, it's something that is. It, I don't know if it's something about the human spirit or whatever it is, but that is something that that really reigns uh, true to us at, at our core. You know, this this idea, you know, that like it's. I don't even know what to call it besides immaculate conception, but it's almost <laughs> like the the birth of the savior, so to speak. You know, like it, like like the Jews. You know, we talk about you know uh, the you know the Messiah coming back and stuff like that, and you know the the, the Christians have immaculate conception, and it, it's like it, it's it, it's a very at least in Judeo Christian ideology, it, it, it's very very strong point, and, and it, it reigns true. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. It- it, it not only does it reign true, but I think it's absolutely essential as well uh, to go back to the discussion about how everything stems from decentralization. That the whole point of the whole system is to have no central point of failure. And uh, Jimmy Song once said that one of the greatest things that Satoshi ever did was to disappear. And I wholeheartedly agree with that because that's also what differentiates Bitcoin from all the other shitcoins. Like, you know, since uh, since Bitcoin uh, came on the scene, like thousands of other cryptocurrencies were created and none of these clones have uh, Bitcoin's origin story. And they will, I think, I think it will almost be impossible to replicate this origin story. And if you want to supersede Bitcoin, you will have to supersede its origin story as well. Like you, like it, it has to come out of nowhere uh, um, in a way. And a lot of people just don't get it. That once you have uh, identifiable founders and once you have an identifiable developer team and once you have uh, people that can be coerced or killed or worse, um, this system is not secure because it will always be prone to government intervention. And that's the beauty of Bitcoin, that Satoshi was wise enough to um, start small, grow it organically, and then vanish. That's right. You know, that, that is exactly right. Yeah, and I, I, I think, you know, that's also why it's a, a valid position to have uh, to say that you know there's there's bitcoin and then there are shit coins as as we heard in uh, <laughs> in the uh, where was it um at the house of was it in the congress i think it was I, in I congress I, i'm not sure it's either <laughs> it congress, was congress or in senate I, i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so 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 that uh, that's beautiful but um i i want to touch on 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 one more point um because um i think the whole discussion we had, it's mostly about Bitcoin and shitcoins in terms of other cryptocurrencies. But what really, um, yeah, what, what changed my, my view on that, I think that's, that's also one thing that a lot of people um, kind of go through. Uh, as I said before, first of all, you, you want to get rich. That's, that's the main reason. Number go up is the main reason why people end up in, in the Bitcoin space or uh, in, in cryptocurrencies for that matter. Uh, if you're smart, you might want to maximize your Bitcoin holdings and get into trading altcoins. And I think the next step after that is realizing just how insanely broken the fiat system is and just identifying fiat as another shitcoin. <laughs> and maybe one That's step right. after that is identifying gold as another shitcoin. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, uh, um, not all Bitcoiners agree agree with the stance, <laughs> but I, I think you know it's 
it's basically identifying in your head what the best store of value for your future might be. And um, I, I think, you know, there are a lot of Bitcoiners um, that now self-identify as maximalists or are just best described as, as Bitcoin maximalists. And they are somewhere along, along the journey. And the most extreme maximalists, they, they are at the end of the journey by just saying that it's clear to me that Bitcoin in the future will be the best store of value and will be the money of the future and the money of a whole new global economy. And that's also why the, the best thing to do is just front run everyone else, so to speak, and, and stay humble and stack sets, as, as Matt says. And uh, I, I, want to, I want to quote Matt Odell again. He tweeted out something <laughs> two years ago, I think. So um, there, there are a couple of people that realized it um, very early, and Matt obviously is one of them. And I, I'm, I'm sure there are people that realized that in like, you know, <laughs> if you just go through all old uh, Bitcoin talk, um, posts. I'm, I'm sure there are people talking about that like 2011, 2012. But Matt once tweeted, I don't need to convince you that you need Bitcoin and I don't care if you buy some. If I'm right, you'll understand the importance of sound money eventually. Until then, I'll be taking advantage of that lack of awareness to accumulate more Bitcoin than you. And I wholeheartedly agree. So if you're a shitcoiner and you're listening to this, you probably won't because it's you know a Bitcoin maximalist podcast. It is. So, you know, <laughs> that's that's my stance on on shitcoiners as well, and it's also my my stance on what I like to call legacy people. You know, people from the legacy financial world, or just you know my I don't know like no coiners, my, my neighbors, <laughs> like no coiners. But but you know there are no no coiners that are pre coiners. Um, <laughs> you know, no yeah, coiners that are pre-coiners. Every, everyone, everyone's a pre-coiner. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's just uh, no use in arguing about it all the time. It's just we will see how it plays out. And as Matt says, you know, if 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 we're right, then everyone will understand the importance of sound, sound money eventually. And if you're wrong, you know, it's uh, so be it. So be it. I it, it won't be the end of the world. I mean. Yeah, maybe it will. Who knows? But <laughs> just to uh, I wanted to go back to what you said about, you know, what could beat Bitcoin. And I was um, because that that's obviously the shitcoin narrative. Right. And I, I remember uh, I tweeted out about this uh, about a week or so ago, I think. And essentially, the only way to beat Bitcoin, because we got to go back to that immaculate conception. Bitcoin was born in response to a, a need. OK, you know, like like necessity is the mother of all invention. And and that's that that's what happened was Satoshi went, he disappeared, and he he left us with with a tool to possibly help us fix what we've broken for so many years. Okay? So Bitcoin was born out of a out of a need. And I think the only way that something could beat Bitcoin is for us to actively go through hyper Bitcoinization. And and there there must there would have to be another crisis in, in, let's say, coming from the monetary system that we will build going forward, if Bitcoin is not, you know what I mean? If it's not perfect, then something would be born out of that crisis, mm -hmm. if, if that were to take place. But we would still have to go through hyper-Bitcoinization to find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
there's kind of a lot to unpack here. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 perfectly fine. Um, I I think you know first of all, hyperbitcoinization isn't really well defined, and I think a lot True. of people have different views on what hyperbitcoinization is, and if, if it is a point in time, if it happens rather quickly, uh, if it is a longer process, uh, something like that, and. Uh, it's 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 kind of related to the question of um, when has Bitcoin actually succeeded, <laughs> uh, because there is always you know like uh, I, I sometimes hear people talking about like um, uh, once Bitcoin has won and once Bitcoin succeeds or whatever uh, something along the lines. I, I personally think we are in hyper-Bitcoinization right now. Totally I agreed. Half, half, I, I think we're halfway done in terms of time. I think another ten years uh, it, it won't take longer. Um, um, I, I think, you know, there's there will be some indicators that you could point to, uh, for example, um, like oil being priced in Satoshi's would be one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the decline of the dollar, for example, would be another one, like the, the death of the current world reserve currency. And um, I mean, you, you could um, think up or dream up some indicators, but uh, it's that's that's beside the point. I also think that Bitcoin has already succeeded. I think I think the most critical point of Bitcoin was not to die in infancy, and I think we're past that point. I think um, it's extremely hard to kill now. Like it's it's uh, the only thing that could kill it, in my opinion, would be a, a global, um, uh, yeah, apocalyptic scenario which destroys pretty much all information and maybe all humans. Uh, I I think from everything else, Bitcoin could recover and to to come back. To your point in terms of finding a flaw in bitcoin or um having something some system that supersedes it don't forget that we now have a very fair distribution of uh of bitcoin in the world already true and we have this utxo set and we can always adopt a new system using this utxo set so bitcoin can evolve and we could just keep the ledger intact and i think I, I see it in a way, you know, that um, that's interesting. We have, living, we have this living organism, and I'm not the only one having that view. I think Adam Beck talked about it like a week ago or so. Like I was really surprised to hear him talk about it because it's it's kind of, you know, esoteric thoughts. And I I uh, oftentimes think that many developers that are really very close to Bitcoin, they just see the problems and just see the code and don't are not that much into esoteric thoughts and getting cosmic about it. But um, when it comes down down to it, the only thing that's really immutable and the thing that is uh, the, that's it about is 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 the UTXO set. It's it's the ledger. It's the 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 history and the account of who owns what and and what transactions happened. And there is literally no scenario where, <laughs> like except for a global apocalypse where you could destroy it because there are insane people like me. That take good care of this UTXO set, and I, I know for a fact that there are people having Faraday cages with you know, oh yeah SSDs in them and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure that there are there are other archival efforts, uh, like for example the Internet Archive. It has uh, it, it has uh, bunkers in the Ar Arctic to store information, and I, I wouldn't be surprised that there are people and projects and other efforts underway to do the same periodically for Bitcoin, and you can always recover from that. I that that's a really good point. And I didn't even so you see, like, it's like, I wasn't even thinking about the, you know, one of the most important aspects, you know, of Bitcoin, the, you know, the immutable, the immutable UTXO set, which can simply just be carried over. And, and that exactly, you know what, 
that that that's exactly the point. You know, would we ever need something else? Well, guess you know that that actually answers that question. That no, we wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. And you I, know, I, so. I also think that Bitcoin is that, that's kind of a controversial opinion, maybe. But um, uh, I think Safe voiced this opinion as well, and and I'm with him on that. Uh, Bitcoin is fine as it is. I think everything else, like all the problems, could be solved on second and third layers. Oh yeah, like, even, even with the privacy discussion that uh, flared up again, and also with, uh, I, I mean, there are sometimes on Twitter discussions about introducing inflation or something like that. I, oh. I think that's that's the that's the like that is such if, shit. If you actually, if you actually think that, I I, I feel like you haven't <laughs> understood you know, the point of the un, unchanging monetary policy. Like that's 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 the the whole reason of of the system. I I, re- <laughs> I mean, it's one of the main reasons. I, I really think that the introduction of inflation into the base layer is just pure shitcoining thought. I, I, yeah, I think yeah, it's I like think so it, it's it's like pleading to the masses. It's saying, you know what? All right, we we can't change this. I'm just giving up. Be, and like and we've seen, I mean, some really really smart people in the Bitcoin space make yeah. this make this argument for yeah. you know for adding inflation. And it's like you got to be yeah. fucking kidding me. I I also think that. I mean, again, everything in Bitcoin is related. That's why it's so hard to understand. But I, uh, the inflation argument is related to the security argument. And I would argue what, that like, nobody... What? Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> it is. No, no, it is. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it is because people are afraid that in the future, miners won't be incentivized enough to secure the network. So that's that's where this argument comes from, uh, mostly, and uh, so they are afraid that no fee market will develop and so on and so forth. But the, but the thing is that nobody knows what kind of security is enough security for Bitcoin. You know, that's just how the system is set up. It's we have no idea. In my opinion, Bitcoin is like hyper secured in terms of hash power. Like the hash power is so insanely high. That's also why I think it's like any any. Like and, and and that's even beside the point. Like if you if you, if you're a if you're a nation state and you want to 51% attack Bitcoin, it's it's insane what you would have to do and what you would have to invest. And 51% attacks are not even that useful. You know, like yeah, it's 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 what do you get out of a 51% attack, uh, except for a, a very short time window where you can double spend in a way. You know, like it's it's. Ah, it's, it, it drives me insane, and a lot of smart people are uh, have this wrong, in my opinion. That um, uh, talking about Bitcoin's security and how much security is needed, uh, we have no idea how much security we need. And, and you know what? I, I want to go back to this, like the, uh, the the whole thing about how the fee market won't won't develop. It, oh, sorry about that. Um, the, uh, the the whole thing about the uh, you know the fee market, you know, not developing. It doesn't. Again, that that's another thing that doesn't make any sense because Bitcoin uh, no longer has a block reward. The block reward, to me, is to bootstrap the network and to continue Absolutely. to bootstrap the network. Absolutely, yeah. And also, there is um, no reason to think that no fee market will develop because one developed with the last last mania in 2017. Like we had uh, insanely high fees. And um, I expect that to happen again. Like I expect the fees to adjust. And I mean, there, there were um, a couple of reasons for high fees, um, like bad calculation in wallets, for example, was one of them. But um, anyone who is, um, yeah, worried about Bitcoin's future security, uh, I would recommend reading a piece of Dan Held uh, called "Bitcoin Security Is Fine," and he makes a very compelling argument why we don't have to 
worry about that. So there's no reason at all to uh, go into the shit coinery because of that. <laughs> because of that thought. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it just it, it really I, I find that absolutely uh, absolutely mind boggling. Because of course, by the time by the time the block reward runs out, lightning will have already been in you know in play for how many years? Like over a hundred years. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, really, exactly. you know? And 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 then people are sitting there, and 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 it's it's phenomenal, right? How short sighted, and somebody can sit there and just say, oh well, you know, the the block reward's going to run out, and then nobody's going to want to mine it. You, you think yeah. there's not going to be any? You think there's not going to be any fees coming down from the layers above? Yeah. Uh, so like the v- block reward will run out uh, in 2140, so we will have 120 years to go. So I'm quite confident. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, things, things will take care of themselves, so to speak. Math, people. Math, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all you got to do is zoom out. People, It's like once you zoom out, you can go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah so... Um, I'm I'm just really uh, frustrated um, uh, some of the time because, um, in in my opinion, um, all other projects are not even in the same ballpark than Bitcoin. Like if we just talk about cryptocurrencies, quote unquote, uh, because some of the projects aren't even cryptocurrencies. You know, I mean, see OneCoin, this kind of scam, for example. And I just also want to, I, I, I mean, I, I I want to defend the position of calling other projects a scam because uh, whether it's a known scam or not, I still think it's a scam. And uh, I, another recommendation, I think everyone who listens to this has already read it, but just in case you haven't, um, everyone's a scammer is basically making exactly that point. And I think that's that's the kind of, that's the kind of um, viewpoint most people have when they say that all the other projects are scams. They are scams in that way that they try to take away your, your sets <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, like even if they want to sell you something too, like even if they want to sell you something that might be of use to you, they're still kind of scamming you out of your sets. So so that's the point. And that's especially like, it's, it's, a, it's not a, 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 a zero one scenario. Like there are graduations uh, like, um, how do you say there are different levels of scamming you have one coin on the one hand and you have if we stay in the cryptocurrency space you have you might have ethereum on the other hand even though i think there there are other projects that might let's let's take monero for example you know um it's it's a gradual scam (laughs) scala interesting That's interesting. Some some scams are way more obvious than yeah. others, but that doesn't change the fact that in relation to Bitcoin, everything else is a scam. But I, I had a discussion with Rockstar Developer about that, and he um, advises against calling everything a scam because it dilutes the world. Uh, it dilutes the word in a way. But um, I don't necessarily agree because I think it's it's very important to get this point across that bitcoin is very different than anything else like uh i think jimmy song also wrote about it in a piece called why bitcoin is different and he makes the point there very well as as well and the only thing that that matters like for real and just you know if you if you haven't got it yet just please believe me the only thing that matters is bitcoin and you shouldn't touch anything else so that's the main point i want to get across Oh, absolutely. Actually, I wanted to uh, to talk about another thing about shitcoins that often gets people really, uh, really confused is uh, I, the uh, the partnership parade, 
that, that that's what that I, I had to I mean I that that's definitely what I've always called it and and that's what it is right we see it out of shit coins like uh, you know like from Justin Sun you know and stuff like that it, it's yeah. just you, you know like every single one of them is a partner of another partnership and yeah, discussing yeah. a partnership and it, it's like at the at the end of the day like I mean it, it's like your your money doesn't require partnerships that that's not what money requires yeah, yeah. that that that's like, what a business requires. In, in B- or- BMV partners with gold, you know, that, that would be the headline. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? Oh, God. It, it would be interesting to to uh, rank order all the shitcoins by partnerships. I think IOTA, for example, would be very high up there as well. And, you know, it's it has been dead for like two weeks now or something like that. BMW partnership, right? I, I, yeah, isn't yeah. that what they, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, they're yeah, going to yeah, use they, they, in they the tangle. Them. <laughs> exactly exactly in in the time yeah, i i mean i i think um i think that's one of the main problems with uh, in the space that people view these kind of things as organizations or as um as some sort of projects and they're really not like bitcoin really isn't let's put it that way bitcoin is something entirely different like Bitcoin isn't an organization, even though I, I, lo- I love, for example, has my cook's piece on viewing Bitcoin as uh, as a startup, but it, it's a very different beast. You know, Bitcoin can't run out, out of money. Yeah. Like organizations die because they run out of money. They don't get funding. They just they make uh, poor decisions and they will run out of money and die. Bitcoin is also not comparable to, for example, nation states or anything like that. And Bitcoin is not comparable to fiat currencies because all of them die. Bitcoin, in my opinion, can't die. You know, it's like open source software. It's pure information and it can't die for that reason. And uh, it's 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 kind of in, insane to to um, talk about Bitcoin as a living organism. But but I think it's it's what's most true in terms of analogies. And once people realize that talking about partnerships makes no sense at all, you know, like it's it's just obvious PR from shitcoin projects to impress newbies and to impress uh, investors that didn't do their due diligence and um, just to acquire more money so you can, you know, <laughs> exit cam and live on an island. That's exactly right. And again, it goes back to the point. What are they doing? They're taking your Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, and, and actually, I wanted to talk about because you mentioned one coin. Okay, that that was obviously a huge scam, and uh, yeah. uh, there's a new one um, or newish. Okay, called Cloud Token, and it's the same exact crap. And this one is even more complicated. Okay, um, you like to to actually you know to go and get into it. You know, they're, they're obviously they're getting more sophisticated with trying to steal people's money. But you you got to remember, it's all you're doing is enriching a very very small portion of people that are scamming you into taking something they value and giving you something no one values. <laughs> okay? Yeah, exactly. And in, in most cases, it's also something uh, um, that they just can print more of. You know, that's oh, like yeah. uh, uh, most of the scams and also um, a lot of the shit coins, they, they don't have uh, anything resembling a monetary policy. And uh, you, you sometimes see... Um, mechanisms were uh, through simple decisions of a consortium or through voting or through super notes or through whatever mechanism you can um, modify the monetary po- policy or just create tokens out of thin air and uh, do stuff like that and um, yeah it, it, it all comes back to just 
understanding the monetary economics and the monetary aspects of 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 all those things and understanding money in general and if you just view those things as technology then you didn't really get it yet because it's it's truly all about money and the again i want to re-emphasize the point that money like competing monies it's it's a zero-sum game like it, it makes no sense at all and it's it's either a winner take all or winner take most scenario i personally believe it's a winner take all scenario and we also saw that historically like gold would have been the winner if it would have been better divisible for example we wouldn't have needed <sighs> silver and it's it will be the same thing all over again like as, as long as there is a free market like a, a free competition between monies one thing will win and for, for me it's it's clear, clear as day for all the reasons that we discussed that this will be Bitcoin. Oh, I totally agree. And, and I want to touch back on something you said about uh, about gold, right? I, I totally agree with the fact that metals, okay, gold uh, and that type of system ha- had essentially, it's like we were, we are born shit coiners, okay? Oh, yeah. If you think about it, you go back to the beads, yeah. you go back to anything that we've ever used as money. We're like all, it's like, when we look at the metal uh, specifically, right? We've got gold, silver, copper. So yeah. just right away in our in our base understanding of value, we shitcoined because yeah. we were ready to take something of lesser quality to to be to be money as well. So yeah. so it's like it's baked right in. I, I sometimes I, I I sometimes think that uh, that that yeah that gold made us into shitcoiners, <laughs> and you have to like undo this the, the, this mental this mental thought. You right like when you you hear you know Peter Schiff with uh, you know his his cufflinks argument and all this crap. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but like I, I forget who it was that wrote that article, um, and I seriously apologize. But the one where. Bitcoin has no intrinsic value and that's perfectly okay or I'm I'm fine with that. And and that is exactly it is yeah. doing exactly what it is intended to do which is yeah. which is transfer exactly. value. Exactly. It has no monetary premium. It, it has no monetary uh, like it, it, it has it has a pure mon- monetary premium. <laughs> that's right. Um and that's that's uh, yeah. Got you know like I, wrong I, I don't want to be able Connor Brown who wrote it. Uh, oh, that's right, Connor Brown. It's like I don't want to turn it. I don't want to turn it into a into a crypto kitty. I don't want to turn Bitcoin into a, a GIF, you know, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Like I just want it to be Bitcoin, and it's the same thing. Like why would I? Like why would I care that I can melt gold into a cufflink or or turn it into a or turn it into an instrument? All that does is prove to me that it cannot remain money. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty uh, of Bitcoin, or one of the beauties. There, <laughs> there are many beautiful things about Bitcoin, but it's it's just it's pure money. Like it's one hundred percent monetary premium. Exactly. And everything else isn't. And I think uh, what you said about gold is is quite interesting because I think it took a very long time for uh, humans to arrive at the shelling point that gold is good money, and we we don't necessarily uh, understand why that's the case, or we we. Like we didn't understand why that's the case. I'm I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, but everyone just kind of knew that gold uh, is a better money than everything else because you you arrived at it. I think Francis talked about that as well. Like uh, it's like unconscious A/B tests. You know, like if you have a pile of apple or a pile of fish, what's the better money? You know, <laughs> and uh, and so so you go from money to money to money, and then you arrive at beads and shells and other things, and then you you hit uh, onto metals. You know, and I think in in the next couple of decades it will be obvious for the yeah for the whole world that bitcoin is better money than gold and i think uh, the next competition of, of bitcoin will be with gold and, and fiat monies of course and 
like I I highly recommend rereading the bullish case for Bitcoin because it it just makes the, the best point about the um, the properties of money and in, in terms of durability, portability, fungibility, verifiability, divisibility, scarcity, and censorship resistance, um, Bitcoin wins. The only thing it doesn't have is an established history, and that's, this will come with time, as we all know. You know, it's uh, like the Lindy effect will will just um, yeah continue to work its wonders, and the longer Bitcoin exists, the more people will realize that it's the best money we ever had, and yeah, it it's it's just. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 kind of sad to me that so many people don't see this point and are caught up in shitcoinery, and uh, the the whole reason why I'm I'm uh, speaking speaking about this at all is that I know it's just a lack of understanding in a way. I I personally experienced that. Yeah. That, that it's a simple lack of understanding money and monetary properties. Um, uh, that gets that leads most people astray and um, leads them into shitcoinery. It's I I totally agree that that's what led me into shitcoinery. Um, also, forgetting why I came to Bitcoin in the first place. That also um, because I I came to Bitcoin for you know what I mean for uh, a medium of exchange, and you know like from there I, I began to learn its properties. But then all of a sudden. You know, you start to learn about the uh, you start to learn about these shit coins and it's almost like you get lost in this mirage. So, yeah, it's it's definitely I think that part of it is also confusion. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. So I, I hope this conversation cleared up a bit of the con confusion and I really hope yeah. that it will be useful to some shit coiners or some recovering shit coiners or some, you know, maybe even some some no coiners. That's right. Coiners. <laughs> maybe it avoids maybe it avoids them you know suffering through some losses yeah, yeah. like us yeah and uh, i think the the main reason why a lot of maximalists are seen as so toxic is um that you just run out of patience and you you've heard <sighs> you've heard the same arguments over and over and over again like um it's it's really hard to be patient with newbies and uh, especially with scammers like if uh, people create their own tokens and create their own shit coins. Um, I think most of the people don't really realize what they're doing. I think they're, they're uh, yeah, it's it's hard to differentiate, but I, I truly believe that some people um, scam themselves, so to speak. They really believe that uh, inventing a new shit coin is the way to go. And of course, there are obvious scammers that just try to enrich themselves and they know exactly what they're doing and they're creating a shit coin to just acquire more Bitcoin or, or acquire more fiat. And uh, it's it's really hard to stay patient and um, just yeah, just to all the toxic maximalists out there, <laughs> please stay toxic. It's it's very very important for the health of the organism. But also remember that most likely at one point in time you were confused as well and you didn't understand Bitcoin in the same way you do now. And I think a lot of maximalists they were deep into shitcoinery as well. That's right. That is yeah. that, that that is exactly right. You know, a lot of us a lot of us came through. You know, the the road. What is that? The uh, the road to heaven is paved through hell. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's the same type of analogy. I, I mean, you you just go through shit and you just get reborn a toxic uh, you know a toxic maximalist. And and the more you keep going, and the more you see these arguments from these fools that have no idea what they're talking about, that are clearly shilling their own bags, which are unfortunately for them heavily heavily down. 
Yeah. Okay. They're very incentivized <laughs> to sell you. I don't give a shit if you buy Bitcoin or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't care less, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and just uh, maybe some some advice to people that still hold the backs and still hold shit coins. Um, dumping my shit coins and just switching to auto DCA was the best thing I ever did for my mental hygiene. Like, just don't wait for L season. Don't wait for anything else. Just <laughs> like if you if you think we are kind of making sense, um, just yeah, drop all your bags, leave the past behind, and just start dollar cost averaging. And don't buy, don't trade Bitcoin. You know, it's it's a game of accumulation. And if you can automate that process, it's the best the best thing you can do. Also, auto DCAing historically is the best trading strategy. Like um, you can't beat auto DCA. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, just check out the recent work of Hasma Cook. He's, uh, I think, the biggest proponent in the space now. Oh, yeah. DCA. Big time. And just just re rest assured that uh, more people will realize that. And I think a lot of companies will be springing up in the future. Uh, for example, Swan Bitcoin will be in the US, uh, will be launching quite soon, I think. That's right. And there will be um, the company that does auto DCA in Europe is uh, bitter. Like, um, uh, that's the only one until now, but I think there will be more competition coming. And uh, I think just if you, if you have some money every month that you want to invest and a portion of that you want to invest in Bitcoin, and you know, it's debatable if you want to call that investing or not, I don't really care. Just uh, if you still have heavy bags and if you can't sleep at night because of Bitcoin <laughs> or any other shit coins, just drop all the shit coins out of DCA into Bitcoin and just be patient. As Matt likes to say, uh, uh, yeah, as I said, I, I will quote him often in this episode, just stay humble and stack sets. That's the best advice there is. And it's the stay humble part is the hard one. The, That's the right. Stacking sets, the stacking sets part can be automated and please do. And it could be easy. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, actually, uh, to your point, big shout out to Swan Bitcoin, right? Um, because they're, they're going to be bringing auto DCA over to the, uh, you know, to the U S which is, uh, which is really nice. I like their platform. I've already signed up. So big shout out to them. Um, and if you're not going to do auto DCA, but you're just going to decide to accumulate, there's also in the U S there's uh, there's cash app. And, um, you know, on that note, uh, maybe we also want to give a shout out to uh, Bitcoiners best, um, which, is currently uh, curating a lot of, uh, you know, Bitcoin's best uh, articles and podcasts and uh, tweet thre uh, tweet storms. So, you know, give them a shout yeah. out. <laughs> who, who knows? Maybe this shitcoin episode will uh, bubble up to the top. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can vote uh, on in the individual episodes. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, man. <laughs> Gigi, it was it was actually awesome having you on, man. This was yeah. really great talk. Yeah, it was great. So uh, I promise not to talk about shitcoins in the future anymore. But I, I think we got uh, so many responses on, on Twitter that it was, uh, it was worth doing. And um, yeah, just again, to quote Matt again, stay humble and stack sets and just take care, everyone. Yeah, it had to be done, man. Thank you again so much. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. I hope everybody enjoyed my chat with Gigi. Um, all of that all of the links that he discussed will be in the show notes. Um, of course, if you want to get in touch with him, his contact details will be in the show notes as well for Twitter. And of course, if you want to get in touch with me on Twitter or Telegram, I'm at CoinIcarus. If you want to reach me by email, I'm 
coinicarus at funwithbitcoin.com. And of course, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to moedarags.com. Go to All Clothing and Fun With Bitcoin Podcast, and you can check out our merch. All right, everybody. Catch you all next time. <laughs>